0: Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James
1: Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, and always co-hosting with me, Eric Glove. Is that Glovey Glove?
2: Yeah, I'm here, James. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm hanging in there. You know, it's Wednesday, 75 degrees in San Diego. You know, the kids about to jump in the swimming pool. You know how we do it out here in Diego.
1: Yeah. Well, first I want to get it off. How was the on um, vacation? And, uh, tell us about, um, a little bit of a glow. We talked about the WNBA women's basketball game. What's your intake on that? You went to go on this game, right? Yeah. Uh, um, tell us exactly this about week. that game and uh, what we always been talking
2: about the women's sports. Okay. Unlike unlike our uh, program guy D, you know James didn't give me D's <laughs> number, so I couldn't get in contact with D in Arizona. But I had the opportunity to take my daughter down. She's a big WNBA fan. Her quote uncle coaches for the Phoenix Mercury. They got they got the number one draft pick in Brittany Griner. So we was fortunate enough to go see you know Griner meet Griner, Shirazi, and a bunch of the girls on the Mercury. But my daughter actually likes Maya Moore from UConn, who plays for the Minnesota Lynx, so just a coincidence, Minnesota played in Phoenix this past weekend, so we arranged a trip for my daughter to go down and, and be able to watch the WNBA game, she had a great time, you know, she was sad because the Mercury lost, but she was happy because the Lynx won, so it was overall a great trip for the for, for my daughter and for the family, and Phoenix is one of the beautiful cities and hottest cities at the same time that you could be in.
1: Hey, don't pop D up. You
2: make D feel good. It finishes all that now, Glove. Come on now. Don't get no shout-out to D. Come on. It's it's a, it's a great city. It, it really yeah. is. It's a great city. It's one of the greater cities not surrounded by water. Yeah, but did you see the game different, though, Glove? I mean, that's what I wanted to
1: ask you, that, you know, was it plays different? You know, how you know you see the man play. You know, mostly you see them taking low, going strong. Did you see more jump shot or what?
2: What did you see? Well, well, well. You know what? It's 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 like night and day. You're not gonna get the athleticism like you get in the men's game. No, uh-huh. they're still athletic. They're still super athletic women. I mean, any of those women could be normal guys shooting hoops because you think about Griner, who's like six nine. There's women out there that are six five, six six, and there's a whole lot of women in the game that that shoot nice jump shots. You know, Maya Moore got a nice jump shot. Dorana Tarazi, Deanna, excuse me, Diana Taurasi, nice jump shot. My daughter, she barely had heard of uh, Simona Augustus from Minnesota, but watching her play, my daughter was impressed. As I was trying to tell her, Simona Augustus is one of the better players in the WNBA. So it's a slower game, but those women are still super athletic. Mm -hmm.
1: That's good. That's
2: why I was asking that
1: because... You don't hear about that sport, though, but they, like you say, they are athletic, and there should be more people out
2: watching now, you know. you agree that? Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, when it first came about, the, the NBA did a real good job of uh, trying to put it on its back and trying to, you know, get people out there to watch it. But it seemed like because of the uh image that most of the women are, you know, with the tattoos and, you know, the hairstyles and their choice in life, it seems like the NBA is kind of pushing away because they're not promoting that proper image that they would hope they would, you know. So it's not getting the the sponsorship, nor is it getting the airtime because of the game.
1: That's funny because I took a few questions to ask,
2: you know, from Alyssa
1: to ask you and Paula, and that was one of them to Paula, you know, but – First club, that's why I wanted you to talk about that, because one of our faithful listeners, uh actually, she's in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, uh, Miss Q. She wanted us to give a shout-out to her, um, her niece, Dana Geddes, and she's playing at Eastern, East Mississippi Community College, and she's a basketball player. So she kind of wanted to hear, you know, uh, the, that kind of what we think opinion how she can be a better player and what you've seen in the WNBA women how she can, you know, strive to be the best she can be. So that's why I asked you what did you see that this
2: weekend, you know, Glove? Well, you know what? It's like this. I mean, of course you got, you know, the men whose work ethic is over the top, athleticism over the top. I mean, these guys work on their game year-round. Not saying the women don't. Now, here's what's funny. In the state, the women's game is, is noticeable or recognizable but now, female basketball is big overseas in foreign countries. So you have a lot of the players in the WNBA where they're making minimum money, you know, maybe 45, 50 grand, something like that, which is still good money for, for playing a game that you play for free. But then they'll go overseas into these countries in Israel, China, Japan, and places like that, which the game is a lot larger over there, and they'll make double or triple the salary that they can make in the WNBA. So it's like they're playing here for fun, and they're getting their money overseas. But when you say what could be done better, well, it has to be faster, you know, but still the image. You know, when you watch the men's game, you see men out there playing. Sad to say America's not ready for that transition of women looking like men or playing a male sport, as they want to say. So you have a lot of these women in the WNBA, who are more masculine as opposed to feminine. And so sponsors and things like that stay away because they don't want to promote that image to the young kids growing up, saying it's okay to look and be that way, which it should be okay. It shouldn't be an issue if a woman's playing the sport if she looks more masculine. That's not why we're watching because she looks more masculine. We're watching for the sport and the whole competitiveness.
1: Well, let me, let me tell you this because you're kind of for that. I want you to answer this question, Paula here, um, it's from Mickey from Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Paula, why is it that all women's sports don't get as much as um endorsement?
2: So that's kinda of what you're saying, right, Glou? Yes, yes. I mean you gotta look at when 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 you have sponsors coming in, sponsors are trying to sell the image to the young. It's like going in the store, you know, why is the candy and things like that at eye level where the kids can see? because that's the impression. You want the kids to bug the parents to buy the candy. Now, you're selling sports, you know, from a female perspective, you know, you want the sport to look like those that you're trying to get involved in. Now, do you want to promote a sport to a young girl who's quote-unquote feminine by way of someone that's not as feminine as the girl that you're trying to get involved? You know, a lot of these female athletes, are a little bit more masculine, sad to say, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, because they're competing, but they have that masculine look to them. And so from a sponsor standpoint, sponsors are willing to get behind with their brand or their product and promote that image. They want to promote the feminine men, image, excuse me, not the masculine from a female standpoint.
1: F- follow me on this, web and you tell me if I'm on the right. I mean, you rarely agree. If you ever look at commercial. They never have a ugly male or an ugly female on there, right? They'll have somebody beautiful with a chest that we, that's, that's appealing. Do you ever see somebody ugly? That's even with
2: commercials and all that. Am I right, Glove? Well, you know, the sad part about it is because of the way society is. You know, we're so we're so visual to say. So so people get sold on visual. It's like I have to look better than. Or I have to make more money then, or I have to live better then, You know, it's always that image of, like you said, there's no, there, you don't see no large people in commercials. They got McDonald's commercials and fast food commercials, and you see skinny, attractive people. You know, I think the only, only two commercials I probably have seen where I've seen larger models was a Playtex underwear commercial, where they were trying to promote undergarments for women to larger women, full size underwear, and then I think one was a bra commercial where well, they were promoting bras, full fuller size women in bras, But you don't see them in car commercials or sports commercials, which you would think, you know, if you're trying to sell CrossFit or trying to sell shoes or trying to sell sports apparel, and even if you're trying to, you know, throw in a restaurant or two, you would think you would have larger people sitting down because that's how they got large was by eating, not by working out. But that's what you would think the image you would try to display or sell is the people that make you your, mo- your most money. So that's what I don't want to do women's sports, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just it's one of those it's just one of those double edged swords. You know, it's like you get the pretty people to sell the image and then those that don't think they're as attractive or as beautiful as those models, what are they gonna do? They're gonna do what it takes, hopefully, unless they're secure with themselves and secure it in their own body, they're gonna do what it takes to try to emulate or try to be like that person because everybody's trying to sell the image of you have to be thin or you have to look this way or you have to be this way to be successful when as long as you're comfortable within your own skin, it doesn't matter. You know, it's you that got to look yourself in the mirror. It's not the mirror looking back at you. It's you looking in the mirror.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like you say, that's a society. You look on TV, you ain't looking for that. Like you say, we look at the women's sports. You're not looking for a woman that you think, hey, they're like a man, you know? Like Joanna, man, like we went back and said before. But it shouldn't, like they shouldn't be that way. So we should look at the sport as itself, how great they got to that point to play at that level of that game, right? Of
2: course. I mean, here's the here's funny one. We're at the game, the Mercury and uh, Minnesota Link game. And up on the little big Sony Trinitron, you know, my daughter's 11 years old. A woman had proposed to another woman, how you normally see it in the stadium. It's normally Karen, would you marry me from Todd? Or something like Crystal, would you marry me? Love, Lauren. And my daughter looks up, and she's like, Dad, did a woman just propose to a woman? And I'm like, excuse me? And by that time, you know, it was off the screen, so I had to – I had a second or two before I had to explain to her what was going on. And her mom just sat up there and laughed because she wanted to hear me explain this to her. So see, that's one of the things that, that happened or could happen when you're at, at a WNBA game. Now, should kids be blind in society to it? No. Should parents be more upfront and say, Hey, you know what? A law or a bill was just passed where people of the same sex can be married. Now, Are parents willing to sit down and have that conversation or are they going to wait until one of those awkward moments or times where they're forced to have it? You know what I'm saying? So what's easier is just to sit down and explain, hey, this is what's going on. Society has changed. You know, life is different now. You know, you have females that are more masculine. Some of them play certain sports. You know, it's like basketball. They're more masculine. But in swimming, they're feminine in, in beach volleyball that's feminine and in, in, in volleyball indoors it can go either way. Track and field can go either way, feminine or masculine. But for the most part you see more feminine in track and field yet sexual. So it's just the whole sex thing according to the you know, the eye of the beholder. Yeah,
1: and, and that's all it is though. You said we have more visual nowadays. You know, we see them more I got to keep going back to that lingerie football. Is that more visual,
2: blur? Yeah, I mean, now now compare lingerie football to the WNBA. You know, it sells itself because of the mentality of men. You know, men, sad to say, men are pigs. Men are super visual. Men visualize those women, and then they go beyond that visualization to another, to a whole another level in their mind. Whereas when you're watching WNBA, you can't, you can't do the whole visual thing. You can watch, and if you're a true sports person, you can enjoy because you see them women doing things on the court, and you're like wow, you know that's that's kind of impressive. So it's like comparing apples and oranges because, sad to say, lingerie football is selling sex, but them girls are out there playing, they're out there hitting each other. Now every now and then you might have something slip out. You might have a little uniform malfunction, and in the mind, that's what the men are looking for and hoping for. They're hoping for a malfunction. Whereas in WNBA, you're not hoping for that. You're like, whoo, well, you know, let's let's uh, let's score some points, let's, you know, get this game moving. So it's one on one hand, one way, on the other, another, you know.
1: Yeah, you, you definitely, apparently. I'm going to say apples and oranges with lingerie and uh, women basketball. I mean, that's something you like to say and look at visual, but you got to look at still. They out there competing, and that's what it should all be about, love. Well, they don't look at, you know, you look at football. You don't, they don't never hear nobody talk about those full three hundred pound linemen. They don't look at it. They just say, hey, he's hitting hard, right? But they don't look at it, say, That's a big guy. Now you put that big guy on uh, a woman like that on a, a sport. Then they're looking at that size, right?
2: Well, you know, when it comes to men, you know, men playing football or men playing, you know, basketball or something like that, it is sexual. Because a lot of those women, why did those women get involved? You know, because women like men in uniforms. It's not a military or a policeman or a fireman, but it's still a uniform that they're playing in. So here it is now. You know, these, these guys out there playing got a pair of pants on that are size too small, so now you can see the development from, you know, knee to, to their waist and, and beyond. And so that's selling sexual to the women. You know, and now you got these guys out here hitting hard and things like that. So now you got that whole gladiator, because they're not half naked or they're not naked, but they're half naked. So women visualize those men in the uniforms. You're right. Nobody visualized that big 350-pound lineman on the line, because everybody wants that eight-pack and 12-pack. You know, women women want to. Or, or excuse me, women are just as visual as men are. It's according to. It's like beach volleyball. You know, men's beach volleyball or men's basketball. You know, sad to say that the short got longer on the men, but do you really think that women are going to those games because they're super basketball fans? No, they're going because those are long, tall guys with big feet. And what's the myth of men with big feet and big hands? So that's why those women, And sad to say, you know, most of them are somewhat attractive for the most part, but in football, men are wearing helmets, so you can't really see it's that helmet syndrome. You can't see what they look like. You just know they got a big butt and some big old legs and some big old arms. And a flat stomach, so you're hoping.
1: Well, what we're gonna do, we're gonna take a break. we come back to break. I wanna throw a question there, uh, actually we got a few questions for you that's a listen, but I still wanna get into RG3. We gotta get into Tom, Um Brady, uh, uh, what he said about Hernandez, uh, Belichick, so we got a lot to talk about. And then I we'll wanna get your thing on, will Tiger ever win another major golfing event, so. Got a lot to talk about this song. James Lillard, Eric Glover will be right back.
0: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice of America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds part. Oh, I, I just ready think that the coach made a mistake. You know? crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, speak up, speak up, or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888 9144 Or drop an email to Talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James, I'm back with hosting my Sport Loving
1: Sports Talk and always Glovey Glove. You that Glove Glove? I'm
2: here, love. I'm here, love.
1: Hey, I got I pulled up a bunch of questions, but I know I gotta ask you this one. Um, this was from Houston. Glove, do you think Tony Romo is an elite player? That is from Rich Saul. You know Rich, Glove. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what up, Saul? <laughs> 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 oh, 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 Richard Saul out of, out of eight town.
1: You know I had why? to give
2: you that one first. I had to give you that one first. <laughs> yeah, that's I, you know what's funny. I don't even think Rick Saul thinks Tony Romo's an elite quarterback. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> like that. you know the sad. The, the sad part about it is they've done everything in their power to help Tony Romo out in Houston, and it seems like when it comes down to the big game. He still can't put together a good game plan. So, so is he elite? And, and we've had this conversation before, love. I mean, for me, elite is different, but in, it seems in terms of people on TV talking, their description of elite is different. Some people say he's an elite quarterback. He's in that category, but he's only won one playoff game. So how can you be an elite quarterback only winning one playoff game? You've been around six or seven years. You got the elite quarterback money. You got personnel around you. You got a head coach that's not a head coach. You got an owner, you know, that's, that's the ringleader. You know, you got now they brought in an ex-head coach to be the offensive coordinator. So your head coach is doing nothing but standing around with a ball cap on. You got a defensive coordinator. So everything is lined up for Tony Romo to be an elite quarterback in whatever that means, but he's not performing up to elite status. So, in my eyes, in my eye only, and it don't mean anything, no, he's not. Even
1: ago, I think you said the key word. These
2: teams, or what you can
1: say teams, or the media, trying to make these players to be elite. Like you say, Tony. They're doing the thing, same thing with Matt Shaw from and Houston. You know? They trying to make them. I mean, they did it with um the boy for the Ravens, but he ended up having that good playoff and Super Bowl. But they've been trying to make him that type of quarterback. they really not that type of quarterback, you know. If it weren't for this year what what he did in the Super Bowl, uh, they're going to get rid of uh, Flacco. You
2: not agree with that, Glenn? No, I totally – I mean, let's think about his production. Early in the season, it was all negative. Then he went on that four-game skid where he won the games. He went on that four-game run, excuse me, and he ended up in the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl. But prior to that, those first six games, he was a bum. And then toward the end of the season, he picked it up. So, like I said, people, people, you win one Super Bowl or you win a couple of playoff games, they start giving you, you know, these titles. You know, like everybody say Peyton's the best to ever play or the best in the game. He's only won one Super Bowl. He's won one. Drew Brees, won. Aaron Rodgers, won. Brett Favre, I think, won. You know, everybody always talks around Brady who has multiple Super Bowls, you know. Flacco won, you know. All these yeah, guys so have one Super Bowl, you know, Eli has two.
1: They they trying to say Eli's not elite, and he won Super Bowls. Well
2: see, we we we've, we've had this conversation before. It's like when it comes to Peyton, he's the greatest, but when it comes to Eli, it's the personnel around him. You know, that's the same conversation. We're not gonna go in that basketball one right now, but Aaron Rodgers is great. But then when the players around him don't perform, it's not his fault. It's the player's fault. Peyton Manning is great, but then you got to look at the personnel that he's playing around and who he's throwing the ball to, and he's making them better. But then when they lose, it's not Manning's fault. It's the defense didn't play. Or it's, you know, the other guys around them. It's never when it comes to the elite, that people, you know, deemed elite, it's never their their. They're losing the game. It's always the person around them. So it's just one of those situations.
1: I kind of think, you know, you know, we know Rich, we play well. I don't know if he's trying to be fun, but I don't think we look at these players like a Tony Romo elite. Is he great? Do you think he's great Glo?
2: I think Tony Romo is in a good situation that benefits Tony Romo. I think certain quarterbacks are put in good situations that benefit them. Now, give or take another situation, how would they do in another situation? Let, let's put Tony Romo somewhere else and let's see how well he plays. You understand what I'm saying? Certain situations are beneficial to the quarterback. You well, know, you can put an offense around certain guys and it makes them look good.
1: That's that's anything, Well, I mean, we could look. I hate to jump, but... We talked about, man, you say, put Phil Jackson with a Bobcat
2: Charlotte. Will he be a great coach? No, right? Right. You know, it's like this. When, when when Sanchez first came into the league, they had a Super Bowl team. Sanchez just wasn't a great quarterback. So they could never get over the hump because he didn't have the skill set or the mindset to get him there. I put somebody else in that situation and let's, and let's see how somebody else would have done in Sanchez's spot. You know, Tebow won playoff games with, with Denver. Peyton Manning come with the same team. He loses, but yet Peyton is still in, in elite status and the loss wasn't Peyton. The loss was the defense and everybody else on the team. So it's a matter of who's talking and who they're talking about is the, the, the conversation. You know, we could we could say about Drew Brees, we could talk about Aaron Rodgers, and these are all the guys that they got up there. You know, Drew, Aaron, uh, Peyton, uh they don't even put Roethlisberger in that category. You know? They'll put Atlanta quarterback, they'll talk about all these other quarterbacks, but they never put certain quarterbacks like a Roethlisberger or Brady's always at the end of the conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. There's certain quarterbacks, they make elite. And the other one's like, hey, you know, they try to make him elite. They're trying to make Tony elite. They're trying to make uh, 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 Matt Ryan up at Atlanta. You know, but you got to win, I mean, just one game, a playoff game. You know, to do something. I mean, just because you win one win football, do that make you elite league, love? Cause that's what they say no. about Flacco. And I still think Flacco's a bomb.
2: Look. Matt Ryan in Atlanta has had a team since he's been there. Atlanta, for me, has always been that one team that's always underachieved. They always in their division, they always win ten games in their division and they get to the playoffs and they get put out in the first round. Or they make it to the second round. Or we could look at last year where they went through the they went through their with the with the guns blazing, you know, get to the final game in the division. Against the 49ers, they're beating them 21 to nothing at halftime. Yeah. So you, so you know what the coach did, because you know he, he overcoached himself. Hey, you know what? I'm gonna sit on my lead. I'm gonna run the ball up the middle, as opposed to continuing your offense. He slows his offense down, and guess what? They ended up being at home for the Super Bowl because he outcoached himself. Do you think that was the case? Yeah, I do. I mean, how is it? That your tight end is, is going up and down the field all day long. You got a Hall of Fame tight end. And Tony Gonzalez, he's going all up and down the field all day long. And if anybody watched any of the games against the 49ers, the tight end is always would beat the 49ers. They have no one to stick the tight end. They're pass rushers and they have a good defense. But when it comes to an oversized tight end, think about it. Anquan Bowden did the same thing in the Super Bowl to him. So when the tight end is effective against, you know, playing against the 49ers, that's what Atlanta was doing. Then in the third and fourth quarter, the coach stopped going to him, so he overcomes himself.
1: Mm, mm. You know, I always thought Atlanta was the one of those teams that you always see those teams that win all these games but can't make it through the playoff. like that. What you win those games for? That's, that that counts for nothing, right? You know.
2: Of course. Go ahead, go. Ahead. No, you fine. Go ahead, man.
1: Yeah, and you know, it means nothing. I mean, doing regular season, okay, you went all game, happy for your fans for that year of getting ticket sales, but they want to go on and win further, you know. If you can't win further, what well, you do? You got to change something. And apparently that quarterback you have is not elite, or he's not that great. And that's what Tony Romo, you know, for Rich Saul, you know, his question is, he would never be elite, you know, because, I mean, he's he been in the league too long now to not reach elite status. You agree with that, Glenn?
2: Yeah, well, you know, you know, I mean, answering answering Saul's question, here's what's funny when you look at the Dallas organization. Jerry Jones loves himself so much, and he stuck on himself so much. Don't get me wrong; it's a beautiful thing when he got all that money, and 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 you know, you can get people to buy into what you believe, and it's a beautiful thing. Don't get me wrong; I'm not hating on him. I'm not saying anything negative, but he hates to be wrong. So at this point in the Cowboy organization. He can't turn his back on Tony Romo because then everything he built, just like he's done with Jason Garrett, everything he's put in place and tried to build since he thought he had the recipe from Jimmy Johnson, you know, he thought Jimmy Johnson showed him the recipe to win. So he took what he thought he had learned from Jimmy Johnson, then he tried to apply it. He brought Switzer in. Switzer won a Super Bowl. So now he had these multiple Super Bowls between Jimmy Johnson's teaching Barry Twister, who really didn't know his head from the back of his you-know-what. you know, you know what. And so now he thinks he has the recipe to win. So he thinks and feels he could put makeshift people in that organization to be puppets. And he could be the puppet master. And that's what he's doing with Jason Garrett. So he got Garrett there, which Garrett was a backup quarterback. Then he moved his way up the rank. And they put Wade Phillips in place until they felt Garrett was ready to take over the realm. Now Garrett's taking over the realm. Now they got to go out and hire offensive coordinator because Gary does not know how to call plays. So why do you have a head coach and an assistant head coach that's calling your plays, and then you got this quarterback who you're still throwing a hundred million dollars at because you believe in him, and you're still getting minimal production out of him? So at some point, they're gonna have to realize that the ship is sinking fast.
1: Well, we gotta take a down break. When we come back, uh, we got uh, we gotta talk about this college thing to go on football. Now it's crazy how they talk about these kids. They're gonna be ejected from the game. And also, we got a couple more questions for you, Glove. So, be through that museum my right here. So we must have over break. So this is James and Glove. We'll be right back. <laughs>
0: your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping want to play the ponies join us every week for winning ponies with john Engelhart, racing's regular guy where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys trainers agents and handicappers in the world of horse racing this show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James. I'm back with Love That Sports Talk and co-hosting Glovey Glove. You right, Glove?
2: I'm here, brother James. I'm here for the
1: love. We get, to talk about Jerry Jones. You go over break. You go over the break thing, huh?
2: (laughs) Hey man, you know, I said it and I said it during the break. I said as much as, as much as, or as negative as you can talk about Jerry Jones, the one thing you got to love about him is he believes in the Cowboys and he don't have a problem opening up that checkbook. So it's a beautiful thing.
1: Hey, girl, I want to get in. I want before we get on. The show, yeah, I want to get in a couple more things. Well, I want to get another question that I sent out to you. Then I want to start talking about this um, football with these hits, It's starting to get ridiculous now. Now they're going to kick the guys off for the remaining game. Well, we'll talk about that, but I want to get another question in real quick to you. And this is from there, from Bloomington, um, Illinois. Go ahead, Why do you think all NFL players should be accountable for everything that happens to them? Isn't
2: it a, a lot of people out to get them? Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, no, it's like this once once if 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 you have a job, you have to be accountable on your job if you're an parent and you have children, you must be accountable to your children. Why should they receive special privileges because they play a sport because they're still human beings, there's still laws that they have to live by and that they're governed by, so no they shouldn't they shouldn't get any special preferential treatment and the other side of that is this right here. If you know you're in the spotlight and you know you got a bullseye or a target on your chest and back, why would you do things to get a direct hit towards you? If if you know you're going out drinking, me and James, we we argue about this all the time. If you're going out drinking, you can afford to pay for a limousine, or you can afford to have somebody drive your Lamborghini or your Bentley. You know, going you know you're gonna go out
1: That's the same thing I try and tell you about the, the the guy, um the quarterback from college. If you know you're for a trophy, why are you go do that? You see what I'm saying, Le? Well,
2: Here it is again. Go ahead, go ahead. Apples, we're comparing apples and oranges. The guy asked a question about... The NFL you're right, go ahead, go ahead, you're right. Yeah. Ahead. These are, these are, these are grown men. They already went through their college experience. These are grown uh-huh. men. getting paid a whole lot of money to play a game that you played for free. Should you be accountable? Hell yes, you should be. Because forget the aspect of of people or little kids looking up to you. You know, you got to respect and understand you were given a talent, you're given a gift, and guess what? You're getting paid for this talent. You're getting paid for this gift. So you should cherish the talent that you have and the gift that you're getting, and you should make the most of it. By doing something negative, it lets some of us think that, you're not respecting of what you were given. So that's my issue with that. Now, here we go back to the uh, college kid. It was his summer break. He could have been chilling on the beach. He could have been out with the boys drinking. He could have been doing other things that most South college do. He chose to go to a camp where the camp benefited from him being there more so than he benefited from the camp. So it's his free time. He overslept the meetings. Or he missed a meeting. Or he went out drinking the night before. He's a sophomore in college. Yeah, Is it illegal for him to drink? If in the state the drinking age is, isn't, is 21, Yes, yeah. But he's still a college kid. Doing his free time. But you still
1: ain't getting a point with that because it don't matter. You keep saying it was this summer break, you accepted that for your name to go there. So I don't care if you, you the president. The president accepts to go to Rome and he still got an act of quarreling to his Accepted on the summer break, or he was kicking it on the couch. That you looked at in the media, Glove. You're not getting that. You keep saying he accepted that it's a summer or he'd have to for account benefit. But if he wasn't the Heisman, this one ain't been brought up. But when you accept that responsibility and your name is that big, you got to be
2: accountable, Glove. You you still don't agree with that, do you? Nope. I don't. I don't. Because you're saying. It's okay for a guy who makes millions of dollars to go out, get drunk, drive drunk, and act a complete idiot in society, Being carrying a gun into a club, slapping a woman, raping a woman, you know, drinking, driving no, it out the insulin. I'm saying he oh, should have been acceptable for that night, what he did. You
1: say he shouldn't because his age, and he was his free time for the summer. Your
2: name no, is that, not bidding, not, No, 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 that's not what I'm saying, love. What I'm saying is, everybody's blowing it out of proportion. The man missed a vol- voluntary. Do you know what voluntary means? And I hope <laughs> your other your other listeners will. If you know what voluntary means, it means he was there because he volunteered to go. It wasn't mandatory. He didn't have to be there, but he volunteered to go. Now, because he missed a voluntary meeting, everybody's blowing it out of proportion because he missed a voluntary voluntary meeting. Not involuntary, not mandatory, but voluntary. He missed a meeting that was voluntary. Where he chose not to he showed up a little late, excuse me. So we're all blowing out of proportion a man showing up late. We've all showed up late. I told you I showed up late my first day in freshman camp. So so we've all done something, but like you said, because he's the Heisman guy, everybody's blowing it out of proportion. But still, voluntary. These guys in the NFL are under contract during the season and in the off season.
1: Yeah, you keep saying, volunteer, you miss the meet, we miss the meet. Why did <laughs> you miss that meet, Well, Because you was out drinking?
2: No, because I was 17, and I didn't know being being on time was a mandatory thing because I had never uh, been late in my life to any other sporting event, and it wasn't a sporting event. It was just a freshman. Orientation to the football team meeting. The coaches didn't say it was mandatory to be on time. They said the meeting start around five, so around five could be a quarter to five, or five fifteen to five thirty. I got there at five ten. We well,
1: you and know I had to uh, pay for it. Uh, we got you know we got color. I want to give this this advice on what we think about being accountable. Um You there, Daryl?
3: Yes, I'm here, James.
1: How you doing today?
3: I'm doing pretty good.
1: Yo, yeah, I got co host
3: Eric Glover on the line
1: too. Okay. Uh how you doing uh?
3: I'm uh, doing pretty good we, today. We were just talking
1: about uh, NFL play. We got a question from one of the listeners. You know, I know uh you know, go ahead and tell what you do there first before we don't get the to listeners to know about. Them.
3: I'm a Cook County Sheriff Deputy and I also play on the Chicago play football for the Chicago police and forces football team. So this question,
1: you should know a lot about, Darryl. Um The question was, should all NFL players be accountable for their action? And you know how these players are getting in trouble. What is your take on that? Because you see the level of, um, you see players and other kids on the street. What do you think
3: about that? I think a lot of times, you know, the young people are looking up, especially young athletes are looking up to, um, you know, the, the, the NFL guys, the, the college guys, and a lot of times, when they see them acting a certain way, they try to emulate that, and 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 in turn, they get in trouble. But I think a lot of times, we we as adults or athletes have to sort of set an example for the younger athletes that's coming behind to follow. I mean, if you're late coming somewhere and 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 you cool with that, they're gonna be late coming somewhere, and they're gonna be cool with that.
2: Well, yes, I agree. See, Daryl, I mean, I mean, Daryl is clever. Okay. Seeing, seeing that you're, seeing that you're a sheriff. Let's, let's talk accountability because James seemed to miss the accountability train. (laughs) You're a sheriff. I don't know if you work inside of jail or if you're on the streets in a car. I don't know how you guys do it in Illinois way. I'm
3: in the jail. We have
2: sheriffs in court and we have sheriffs on patrol in the streets. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you're in in a car. Or if you're in the court, court system. But here's my question for as far as accountability goes. If you're in a car on the street and mm-hmm. you get a radio call, whatever your emergency call is, an officer in trouble, and you choose to show up late,
3: is, is that okay? That's like, not, not okay being accountable? because if, if there's an, an officer in trouble, I'm sure that officer depended dependent on me to get there. To 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 help him with whatever situation is is going on in at hand. Now, if I come rolling up fifteen minutes, you know, late or whatever, and and I'm like a block away, that's showing the type of person that I am. Now, not saying that. I and and I heard something about like a five o'clock a meeting or something. They said something about around five o'clock you can show up. My thing is, why not get somewhere early? instead of showing up around this time or showing up late. Thanks, Daryl.
2: I'm, I'm just saying we need to hold these guys like Daryl said earlier. Young people are looking up to these guys. They're emulating these guys. If they look at everybody in the league, being basketball, football, now baseball and other sports, all these adults have tattoos. What are all the college and high school kids doing now? tattooing. All the kids up top got dreadlocks in the NFL. What are all our college kids wearing? Dreadlocks. Dreadlocks. So they're seeing what the people up top are doing and they're emulating from from style to mannerism to, to conversation and lingo. So they have to be held accountable and they must be accountable. But as I said before, the blessing that they were given, they're not using the blessing to their fullest advantage. They're using it to it in in a negative sense because some of them feel that they don't have to be held accountable and that their actions shouldn't really be you know held against them. Well, let me
1: let me ask you this, club. So if we got you on the line, Daryl Glove. Let's push for another thing. You know about the Hernandez things going on? Yes, sir. I'll, I'm Daryl, and like me and Glove talk about, I don't feel uh and Glove. I think he just agree with me. That a coach should be twenty four. You can't monitor uh, a kid or adult twenty four hours, but you still held a combo when you off season, and you can't go out and do this and that. I don't think that's fair. I mean, and Glover was saying, I think am I right, Glenn? He say he's still
3: under contract, you still under that thing. But isn't that your time, Daryl? Do you agree with that? I will. I'll, I will agree with that. Now, when you're talking about an NFL player, I don't think a coach should have to follow you around. To make sure you're doing everything right. At that point, it's up to you. Either you're going to be a man and, 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 and do the thing the right way, or like in Hernandez's case, he decided to do what was wrong and now he has to face the consequences. Now, if you flip it to college, I believe there should be a way where coaches Can have contact with their players during the off season because a lot of times when you know the idle mind and the guys get into trouble. But I think in the NFL it's up to the to the player you know to want to do what's right.
2: No, I agree with you to a certain. I agree with you to a a certain extent because here's my here's my scenario. One college coaches should be more hands-on because you got to remember, for a lot of these young men, this is the only male figure that they've seen in a four-year period consistent. So the mm-hmm. college coach should be more hands-on with shaping these young men because this is the image that these young men see from mm-hmm. 17, 18 to 20, 21, 22. So the college coach should be held more accountable in the outcome of these young men. Now, Here's a question for you, Daryl, because me and James seem to have this, uh, situation about accountability for NFL guys. You're a sheriff. You're out with your buddies one night. You get drunk. You drive home, get in an accident, hurt somebody. Should you not be punished because you're a law enforcement guy?
3: I should be punished. Thank you. What makes me above the law? Because I'm, 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 I'm supposed to be enforcing the law, but then I go out and, and do the same thing. And, I mean, I should be held accountable for that. Well, well,
2: girl, to... go ahead. I'm
1: Dan. glad you're
3: on the phone, girl, because we'll put you in the middle of this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Here's my question, you, and me and Glover don't agree, and we talk about this all the time. I play cosplay with, with Glover, but, um, Daryl because, you know, we're good friends anyway, so. But, uh, what, what, my point was, if I'm, okay, I'm in the NFL, right, girl? Yes, sir. And the season nowhere. I go out to Happy Star, you know, get a little drunk, and it gets a new, oh, James was all drunk, loaded, and blah, 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 Is that any of that team
3: business what I did? Well, see, you're representing that team, I believe, at all times when you're out. So I believe a person should conduct themselves in the right way at all times. Thanks, Daryl. That's my point. <laughs> Darryl, hey, do Darryl. you know me or do you know glove?
2: <laughs> 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 but 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 Daryl, what you're saying is totally true. And here's what I'm trying to explain to James: even though it's the off season, they still have to be held accountable. Because yes, here's sir. the other side of the coin, Daryl: if you go out being a law enforcement guy, you go out, you get a DUI, you get in trouble, you can lose your job, right? Yes, sir. So. Why wouldn't these guys that are the NFL, why shouldn't they be held accountable if they go out and rape, name, shoot, not they're raping and killing and pillaging, anything like that. But when these guys go out and get DUIs and things like that, not only is it a reflection of them and their family, but it's also a reflection of the organization. Organization, so what yes, if they were? What if they were being held to an account, accountability where they lost their job? Whose fault is that?
3: That that's 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 their fault. I mean, think about it. No matter what a player or do whether right or wrong, it's gonna always come back to the organization that he plays for. They're not gonna say James Smith. They're gonna say James Smith the football player for say Dallas Cowboys did this or did that. Like uh Hernandez, it's coming it's going everything he's doing did is going to co- reflect back on New England. Thank, well,
2: well.
1: Thank
2: No, I'm just saying no. All I'm saying is I understand what James, what point he's trying to make, but I'm saying nobody being school teacher, fireman, policeman, any type of law enforcement, doctor, dentist, any type of profession being in sports or being anything like that nobody should be held where they shouldn't have to be accountable and that's, that's my whole point even though it's the off season for these guys they still got to realize that they've been given an opportunity to make a whole lot of money doing yes, something sir. that they did for free that's my point and they take advantage of it in a in a positive not a negative way yes
1: sir well, I have two questions I, mean, have. I want to hear your take on this my first one is, you say you know you could kind of you know you share, them. but when you get in your house, though, do you feel that's your place? You know you can do what you want. And the second one to you is, do you think sports nowadays, from college, high school, is starting to be such so big it's getting out of control? I mean, like you know, high school now they got national signing day, college they got all this. Do you think it's starting to get too big where it's taking over and it's getting out of control for the kids to handle? Go ahead, there.
3: I, now, as far as um, um, the high school kids and how now you you see them with the big the media behind them when they're choosing whatever college they're going to, I don't have a problem with it. I say congratulations to them if they want to have 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 the big the, the the bright lights on them and whatever. I don't, I do not have a problem with that because what I think, especially if you play big big time college ball. It becomes a a, a job once you get there. So whatever fun they can have up into that point, I don't have a problem with it. If they want to be on the cover of every newspaper I think that's fine. Long as they just don't go overboard with it. But answer answer
2: the first part I'm 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 not even worried about that college. I want you to answer the first part of the question that James asked you about. Do you feel that you have to be held accountable? In your own home, with the actions that you choose. Being, if you get drunk in your own house and you beat your wife's butt, should you have to be held accountable in your own home? Because he's saying, even in the off season, when these NFL guys are getting drunk
3: at home and doing things in their home, they shouldn't be held accountable. So should you be held accountable in your own house, though? I should be held accountable if I'm if I'm at home abusing my wife or or kids or anything. I'm not above the law. So, I mean, if I'm doing something that is against the law, I should be held accountable and I should be dealt with, you know, for that. But that's why I try to live a life that, it is, that is an example, especially to my son and my daughters, because we don't see that a lot in the African-American community. So whatever I do, I, I try to do, it to do things the right way. And that's why I like when I get involved in different things, dealing with kids, I just want to show them that, you know, you don't have to hang out on the corner or anything like that. You can make an honest living and, and you know, doing things the right way. Thanks, Daryl.
1: Yeah, well, once we you got two minutes for close, I want to thank you, Daryl, for coming out. Especially, um, I did an event with Daryl this week at the grid football thing. I mean, really glad Me meet And, Daryl, you got to come back on. You come okay. back on next week. Will do. Yeah. Uh Man, and Daryl, and like I said, I don't let go you. all I was saying was the players, but when it's your time, Is your time. That's what I'm trying to get. You know what I'm saying? Where you ain't got the meet in the spotlight, you know,
3: that you can hang out. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. But, see, the thing is, when you choose that profession, especially pro sports, Do you really have your own time?
2: Yeah. When you, when you choose to be in the the spotlight, being Mm -hmm. sports or whatever, you've pretty much given up your time. Your time belongs to everyone. And that's what you have to realize is you no longer have no me time. It's we time. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree with that.
1: When you sound like that, I totally agree with that. Well, thank you again. Daryl, keep doing what you're doing out there, helping the kids, you know, on the course out there. And we got to hook up and definitely call in next week, Daryl. Yeah, I will do. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Glove, hey, another, uh, Gloves, you lucked out. You must call Daryl before I get on the show. See how you are, Glove?
2: Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey, Daryl. Daryl, I always tell James. Great minds think alike.
3: Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, you guys have a good day. All right. I told you I right. was
2: the fifth grader. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Talk to you guys again. Thanks for okay. another great All time. All right.
3: Bye.